listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with me, Jade Elliott, where we talk all things pregnancy, children, and parenting. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health. You're listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with myself, Jade Elliott, joined today by pediatrician Tyson Tidwell. You're with Intermountain Healthcare, and we're talking about something today that is very important, and it's sleep. Yes. <laughs> it's important for parents. It's important for kids. Um, and it's kind of all about that bedtime routine. That can be hard to put into place. Easier said than done, yeah. right? Um, I once heard a comedian uh, describe bedtime as a reverse hostage situation, and I think every parent feels the same way, right? Oh, the negotiations uh-huh. are ridiculous. Yes. I want this, and I want that, and I need this, Suddenly, it's ev- time for this. Yeah. Said, suddenly every child in the world is dehydrated when uh, yes. bedtime rolls around. Yeah. yeah, and all of a sudden starving. Mm-hmm. Yes, makes that no too. Makes no sense. <laughs> I know. I completely agree. So, but we know that it's important. We, we know, do. Uh, even for ourselves as adults, having that bedtime routine is important. Absolutely. I think the more and more we realize or learn about sleep, the more and more we, we recognize that it really reaches into every uh, facet of your life. Mm-hmm. And as a family, every person is involved and and impacted, uh-huh. <laughs> positive or negative. Yes, and raising kids in general is not easy, but doing so when you are exhausted and sleep-deprived just makes it even more difficult. Yeah, there's a sanity level that Absolutely. starts to waver, right? Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about these routines because they really can help everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some recommendations when it comes to sleep guidelines, Babies, children, what does yeah. that look like by age? So everyone's going to be different, right? That newborn uh, is going to sleep almost the entire day, right? And parents, uh, I'll frequently have them come in and question, hey, should I be ba- waking my baby up to mm-hmm. eat? Mm-hmm. You know, and then we get into that phase of maybe up to a month of age where they're not really managing their sleep cycles. They're going to sleep when they... W- want to sleep and they're going to be awake in the middle of the night just to make sure that you don't get to sleep when you would like to sleep yes and then uh during and so uh, on average you know we expect an infant a newborn to be sleeping maybe 17 18 hours a night or a day in a a 24 hour period Mm -hmm. um and then as they uh maybe transition to being a month to four months of age you'll start to see that that finally clicks and they're more awake during the day and hopefully give you some longer stretches during the night sure the hope that's the hope (laughs) Uh, But still needing pretty darn close to the same amount, so uh, 16 to 17 hours total. They'll obviously be napping throughout the day. Their wake time can be maybe a couple of hours at max, but they still need some sleep. Um, And then we move on to um, those very younger years where uh, it starts to slow a little bit. They'll consistently give you uh, some good stretches at uh, at night of maybe up to 12 hours, Mm -hmm. 10 hours. But still should be shooting for somewhere around 14 hours total. And this is kind of in that transitional period, too, as we're going maybe from crib Mm -hmm. to big kid bed. Things are starting to change. Absolutely. are definitely starting to change because 
they're also becoming a little more independent at that point. They are. And anytime you change anything about their sleep routine, you're going to see some some steps backwards. Mm-hmm. When you move from that crib to all of a sudden the discovery that, hey, I can climb out of my bed. Freedom. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. And they will explore that freedom. And you'll see them stay, take steps backwards and... Um, don't lose hope, right? That's the reality is that every parent does the same thing and every child wants to explore their new world. Yeah. Um, but there certainly are a few tricks that we hope to uh, embrace and that everyone can find to help find that nice sleep balance. And as they continue to get older then, so after kind of those toddler years, mm-hmm. then we're getting you know more into the school age years where as sleep is always important, it becomes ever more crucial than with brain function for it school. It does. You know, it's it's a challenge to send a kindergartner to school to sit for the day. That is something new for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, their body still needs that sleep. Um, and as well as young school age children's and then even teens. Um, and the reality is they probably don't get the amount that they need. And, and we know it's Who important. Does? Right. Who does, right? Yeah, not me. <laughs> no one, I don't think. And if you do, ugh. Bless you. God bless you. Yeah, exactly. These routines, I think just kind of with any routine, right? It's Mm -hmm. important to get it started Mm -hmm. kind of as soon as you can, even though we know over the years as your child ages, as things change, that routine can change too. But how do we start that bedtime routine kind of right off the bat? Perfect. You know, first off, I'd say don't be overwhelmed by it. This isn't something that's intricate. You know, it's not this crazy process that has to be long and drawn out. Um, and nor does it have to be something that is very regimented. It can be personalized. So find what works for your child um, and then stick to it. And believe it or not, you may say, oh, you know, reading to my five-month-old baby before bedtime, that's, you know, not worth it or that's craziness mm-hmm. and running around everyone's in tears. He won't understand this book I'm reading. But that bonding, that association, that routine and dependency, that's something your child can count on. Yeah. Um, And any structure that you provide them throughout the day, that's what we want. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about some some routines, what some of those could look like. You, you of course, talked about reading. Yeah. um, And like you said, they're all different. Every family could have their own little niche of what they like to do or what they grew up doing. Uh, what are some of those things? Yeah, uh, lots of ideas. So um, bath time, mm-hmm. right? Um, lots of kids. That's a, that's a great way to calm them down. A nice, warm, soothing bath. Singing songs, reading books, uh, brushing your teeth. All of these things can be part of the routine. Um, spending time, you know, telling a story at night or maybe some music. Something like that that is... Uh, consistent and that fits the needs of your child as well as their preferences because some uh, some boys are fascinated by the story that dad tells Mm -hmm. Uh, some want to sit on mom's lap and go through the same book every night and point at the pictures and that's totally okay Mm -hmm. just stick with find your routine and stick with it yeah and like you said I mean sometimes it can be easier said than done Mm -hmm. but it is important just like I said for all of us to kind of have that routine and I think for kids, too, since I feel at the end of the day, they really don't have any realistic understanding of what time looks like. Yes. That when you implement those routines, it's that trigger of, oh, it's bedtime or, oh, it's nap time or or whatever that looks like for that routine. Yes. And you mentioned something that's extremely important, right? So um, kids... uh, 
the reality is they're very intuitive. Mm-hmm. And trying to surprise them with something or throw something at them at the last minute rarely goes as all parents hope it would go. Right. Um, and so doing things in your home to let them know that, hey, that bedtime routine is approaching. So turning down the lights, turning off mm-hmm. your electronics for at least 30 to 60 minutes before you expect them to go to bed. Yeah. Um, and then just in a general way, trying to calm everybody down and sticking with that so that they know, hey, bedtime's coming. We have 10 minutes left uh, of playing with our Legos tonight, and then we're going to start bedtime. Yes. Makes it a lot easier than walking in the room and saying, hey, it's bedtime. Time for bed, right. Late, yes. No, that never works. And that's actually something that we've started to implement more, too. Mm-hmm. Our youngest is four, and even though he has no idea what five minutes even means or looks yes. like, he thinks he does. Because he'll even tell us, oh, just five more minutes uh-huh. and then I will. Mm-hmm. And that usually is about 45 seconds later Yes, because he has no concept. But it works. It really does because it, it puts it into their, into their brains of like, okay, this is limited. I can't yes. do this forever. It's going to have to stop. And they feel like they have a, a part of the control mm-hmm. as well, right? If they, they love. They, they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. <laughs> and that we've started implementing towards bedtime um, with Jax, letting them help decide what he wants to wear the Mm -hmm. next day Mm -hmm. because we've found that that a part of that routine not only helps with that bedtime aspect but then also the morning routine when he's getting ready for school in the morning with dad it's almost like he's he's more excited about it because he's prepared what he wants yes and and the reality is that children seek something firm they see they Mm -hmm. seek something that's constant so if you have a routine for every part of your day, or if you give them a heads up as to your expectations or what you're going to be doing, they're going to do a lot better than if it's, you know what, today we're just going to follow whatever my routine happens to be. Yeah. And uh, we're going to juggle the groceries, the school drop off, the sports, you name it. And we'll find time for you to do your things around that. It doesn't go over very well. No, it doesn't. So how do we set the stage for it? How do we, how do we make sure that our kids, once we go through our routine, that they are getting good sleep. Absolutely. So we know that um, your brain is an extremely complex and obviously important component of sleep. And taking the opportunity to wind down and to set the stage for sleep is going to help you be successful. So as I mentioned, taking the time to turn down the lights, speak in a softer voice, Mm -hmm. Uh, turn off the television, the iPhone, the iPad, um, that type of visual stimuli, right? That's, that's a lot to process. Yeah. So if we expect them to all of a sudden cut that off, it's not going to ver- work very well. Let's talk about some do's and don'ts because mm-hmm. I think that like we already mentioned and, and like we do often on the podcast, I mean, every child is different. Mm-hmm. Every parent is different. Every situation can be different. Even if you have five of your own children, they can all be yes. very different. But there are some kind of do's and don'ts when it comes to bedtime routines. Some that might be don'ts, others might think of as do's yes. and, and just kind of dependent there. So let's talk about some of those tools and, and what is being used properly and maybe what shouldn't be used. Yes. So um, the goal is to teach your child um to find a way to soothe themselves, right? To not be reliant on something that's going to put them to sleep. So sometimes... And that needs to start really early it on, does. right? And, and unfortunately, so many of those kind of poor sleep associations, they creep into our lives out of desperation, mm-hmm. right? The reality is 
we haven't slept for a couple of months <laughs> and Years. we we just need uh, the baby to go to sleep yeah. so we know that if we rock that that baby to sleep great i can lay it down i can tiptoe out of the room hopefully the door latch doesn't wake them up great we've survived that night right but when we continue to do those things over and over again, we unfortunately teach our children to rely upon those. And, and create little sleep monsters. Yes. And then taking that away becomes uh, increasingly more challenging. Yeah. So um, we, you know, we think of uh, poor sleep associations as going to bed with a bottle, mm -hmm. right? Or having to be rocked to sleep or have our, our back rubbed to sleep. Um, needing to fall asleep in mom and dad's bed. Right? Or yeah, that's a real challenge. Yes, uh -huh. it is, because sometimes that's the only place that they'll stay. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, but We've actually started um, because we were really over that. Uh, and so the options now are, of course, your own bed, or you can make a lovely little bed on the floor <laughs> next to ours. And for whatever reason, uh -huh. that is the choice. It is the choice, but they feel like they have a choice. And when given, when given that, right, the reality is... We all sleep. That's we the all reality. Sleep. <laughs> yes, we all sleep. Um, but we want to teach them to be independent and, yeah. to, and yeah. to find a way to um, feel comfortable in their own environment. Yeah, and, exactly. And that way, you know, we make it a little bit easier for ourselves. Life is, is hard. We, we travel. We have things that disrupt us. So taking those steps back of going somewhere else, going to visit grandma's house. We want them to be successful sleepers in that environment mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And they usually are actually, uh, yeah. which is the real cute thing about it. They usually yeah. sleep just fine anywhere else. <laughs> they just would like to remind us on a, on a frequent basis who is in charge. And how much we love them. Yes, exactly. yes true. What about, um, let's talk about screen time for a minute. Uh, we know there are a number of studies that have been done not just for adults, but also for children, falling asleep with the TV on, yeah. you know, um, playing around on your phone or iPad before you go to bed. Um, we know as adults, it's harder for us to shut our brains off when it we're is. doing those things. What's the what's the connection with kids? So once again, um, it's all about shutting down the brain, turning, mm -hmm. you know, reducing our stimulation as far as what we ex expect them to process. And, you know, we live in a changing world, right? My four-year-old can navigate an iPhone better than my 75-year-old mother. Oh, 100%. And um, yes, it, that's different. And school is now on, you know, mm -hmm. devices and whatnot. They've become a very integral part of our life. but um, Because now it's like they have to learn. Yeah. Them. Yeah. But even throughout the day, we want to minimize that as much as we can. And, yeah. and especially at nighttime, we, we just want to find something where they can have a personal connection, right? Mm -hmm. Sitting down with mom or dad to read a book, that's one-on-one -on -one time. That's bonding for not only the child, but also the mom and dad. Right. And um, it's soothing. It's comforting. It's a human touch. It's affection. And that uh, is warm and comforting to a child. And that's the perfect way to set uh, up for a, a positive night's sleep is going to bed, knowing you're loved. Oh, yeah. You know, knowing that we you've, been, like you've that, right? been cuddled, you've been kissed. And you're in your safe space. And that is, I, I personally think, a very human part of um, mm -hmm. of this, uh, you know, of parenting yeah. and of that relationship. And so certainly getting those devices out of the way uh, can be very helpful to foster a warm and positive relationship. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's talk, uh, let's go back to infants for a minute. Let's talk about mm -hmm. um, safe sleep. As parents always concern um, 
sudden infant death. Mm-hmm. Is my baby still breathing? I haven't heard them make a sound. I'm glad they're still sleeping, but I'm concerned that they're still yes. sleeping. What is what does safe sleep look like? Yeah, safe sleep. Um, the more and more we learn, the more and more we we recognize the, its importance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be a challenge because once again, this is where the desperation starts to creep in, um, where we just need sleep. But the things that we have found and that have been studied and, and we know to be true are that there are certain things we can do. So certainly placing our child, our infant, uh, to sleep on their back rather than the stomach. The reality is we know all babies will sleep better on their stomach, mm-hmm. but that is not what is safe mm-hmm. uh, or safest. And so um, putting them to sleep on their back until they're to the age where they can roll over, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, making sure that the crib or their their bassinet, their place to sleep is free from any pillows or those bumpers that we used to put around right. the ki- crib slats. Um, and uh, making sure that they have their own place to sleep rather than co-sleeping or sleeping with mom and dad in their bed because... Yeah, that'll, that'll obviously come later. Don't yeah. start it from the beginning. <laughs> you can enjoy those kicks to the ribs later on in life. Yeah, and they're a yes. lot more fierce. <laughs> yes, they most definitely are. But we know that, um, you know, having them in earshot, so maybe mm-hmm. having a bassinet or a pack and play or even their crib in your room until they're, say, six months of age, right? Um that still is their own space to sleep, but maybe provide some comfort and peace of mind that they're within earshot and you sure. can you can hear them and uh, attend to their needs if necessary. And we talked about self-soothing. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I mean, it's at any age where you need to be able to do that as a child. Correct. But it, it really does, just like with any routine, it, it starts early on. It does. So, you know, do we... Do we help our baby fall asleep? Do we let them cry it out? The yeah. It's all so different. It is. Um, and, you know, so my, my general recommendation is that um, babies do rely on us from, uh, for some help soothing mm-hmm. until maybe two to three months of age. Uh, excuse me, three or four months of age. Um, and at that point, we can start to teach them. But it still requires that we, we help them. So, um, you know, I think it's okay to set a routine where, hey, I'm going to Give them five minutes uh, to see how they soothe themselves. Sure. And if, if they need help at that point, then I'll go in and I'll soothe them. And then I'm going to let them stretch a little bit longer. Go in at 10 minutes. Then I'm going to stretch a little bit longer, 15. And then continuing to pop in it. And the reality is babies are smart. Kids are smart. And they'll pick up on it. Yeah. Um, but it still allows for that positive association that mom, dad, they're here. I'm safe. It's just time to go to sleep. Right. Right. Which... It can be hard. Yeah, it's tough. It, it, I don't think there's any parent that enjoys hearing their child uh, cry, but right. learning to soothe, that's something that will come. And we certainly can be supportive of that without crossing that boundary where we start to create one of those kind of poor sleep associations where, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm going to wait until dad's hand is on my back before I'm going to go to sleep. Right, yeah. right. No, absolutely. Uh, because all of these things, it just creates a more positive environment mm-hmm. for for baby, for child, for mom and dad, for the rest of the family. Everybody. Sleep makes you more sane. It does. It really does. It makes me a better person. Yeah. And then we can be better <laughs> parents. <right>? Absolutely. <laughs> um, you have a couple books that you recommend. 
Uh, talk to me about those. Yeah. So, um, as we were talking about, you know, quote unquote sleep training mm-hmm. or um, trying to teach them, you know, every everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Some things work for some families versus others. And so um, there are some books out there. Personally, my wife, I, I defer to my wife on all of this, right? She's the one at the front lines of the battlefield. And right. um, we have used uh, a few books. So Happiest Baby on the Block. Um, we actually used a um, kind of the ABCs of sleep mm-hmm. one time. That was another book or online program that we used for our boys. Um, and then baby wise is another popular one. So yeah. there really is a spectrum as to, you know, find what works for you and your family and, um, find what works for your child and every child's going to be different. So don't think yes. you can be just one and done and figure it out. Yeah, your bedtime routine is going to change. You, you <laughs> will fit this mold. That's not how it works. No, so. no. And, and it, it continues to change even with that same child at times, yeah. um, as as we've seen from yeah. crib to bed to bed to floor, floor to bed to dog bed to dog he loves sleeping in yes. the dog bed we have a teeny dog and yet we have a massive dog bed and that's because it can be a two for one yeah no that's it's bizarre but like we said <laughs> sleep is sleep and we all need it um and we know how important it is yeah. for not just of course ourselves but for our for our children and their growth and their brain function and their sanity. Yes. Right. Uh, set them up for success and set ourselves up for success as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. Uh, that was pediatrician Tyson Tidwell talking about, of course, that routine, that ever important bedtime routine and how we can uh, set those routines for our children. And that concludes the Baby Your Baby podcast. Thanks for joining me, Jade Elliott, and our guest for this week's Baby Your Baby podcast. If you have a topic that you'd like our Baby Your Baby experts to discuss, leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health.